Today is January 22nd, 2012, and this is Radio Free New England with Chris Merrick. In today's podcast, Vermont teenagers get iPads, and Massachusetts posts employment gains. In our New England spotlight this week, in an interview with Robin Chesmer of the Farmer's Cow Co-op, and I weigh the benefits of locally grown food in this week's commentary. First, the news. Schools in Burlington, Vermont are bringing education into the 21st century. Burlington plans to spend about $4.5 million over five years on iPads and laptops for students. The plan calls for a gradual rollout, with next year's incoming ninth graders receiving the technology. This announcement comes on the heels of Apple's plans to enter the textbook and education market. Burlington middle schoolers are already involved in a pilot program using laptops in the classroom. Massachusetts released strong job numbers this week. The Bay State's unemployment rate is down to just under 7%. 16,000 of the jobs created in 2011 were in technology and science-related fields. Meanwhile, Rhode Island's unemployment rate rose to nearly 11% in 2011. Now for this week's New England Spotlight. With all the choices in the dairy case today, how do you know if the milk you're drinking comes from the local dairy or from a corporate cash cow? Robin Chesmer, managing member of the Farmer's Cow, has the answer. Our office is on one of our farms. We have stationery, and sometimes it smells like cow manure. It picks up the odor of the, of, the, of the cows being milked down below. So we have our own scented um, stationery. So we're the, we're the real thing. This, is, this business is run by us. Why is so much attention being paid to local food anyway? When you think about it, there's not very many products in the supermarket where you can actually go to the farm and in our case, visit the cows that make the milk. Chesmer believes there are more benefits to local agriculture than just another source of food. We're preserving open space. We're preserving rural character. We're preserving fabric of what makes New England and particular Connecticut special. So in 2004, Chesmer and five other farms started selling their milk under the label The Farmer's Cow. The co-op holds farm tours for the public and legislators who will ultimately decide the fate of Connecticut's farms. There's this connection with the public. They can, they can actually come to our farm. We hold farm tours throughout the season. We get one coming up in February. It happens to be at my farm on uh, President's Day. These farm tours and um, are an opportunity to actually come out, meet the farmers, in our case meet the cows, and see where their food comes from. How do visitors react on the farm tour? There's a lot of the population that doesn't get the opportunity to visit a farm. And they don't necessarily understand what it takes to produce milk. They're very um, taken back, I would say, by what goes into producing milk. An awful lot goes into it. Robin Chesmer and his fellow farmers don't just produce the milk and act as tour guides. They have been advocating for Connecticut farms since the 1990s. He describes their advocacy group very alive. One of our prime uh, concerns was um, farmland preservation program, Connecticut's farmland preservation program, and that it receive um, adequate funding and because uh, it's an important tool to uh, preserve um, land for agricultural production. The Connecticut Farmland Preservation Program helps farmers keep farming instead of having to sell land to developers. The farms are set aside for agriculture or open space, and in return, Connecticut pays farmers fair market value, important funds for improvements or other family needs. Chesmer is optimistic about the future for Connecticut farms and notes the recent excitement around farming. Huge interest in local grown, inviting farmers to uh, young farmers to uh, or people that are changing professions to or part-time farmers to 
start up, um, you know, whether it be vegetable farms or small orchards. So you're seeing a lot of smaller farms start up now, which you didn't see a number of years ago. If you're one of those many new farmers, have no fear. You can turn to local veterans for advice. Farmers are pretty generous. They, they're willing to share information. And, um, yeah, we get um, inquiries about different things, and we do we, we uh, do share information, whether it be on how to grow crops or other sorts of things. There's, there's a lot of uh, exchange of information in agriculture. So what does the future hold for the farmer's cow and local food? Agriculture's really gained a lot of appreciation from the consumer. We can get more consumers to buy locally grown. It's good for everybody. Next time you're in the dairy aisle, look for milk, eggs, and ice cream from a New England farm like the farmer's cow. You're listening to Radio Free New England. In this week's top reads, Tom Condon of the Hartford Current argues for smart growth in Connecticut. His column provides an excellent overview of smart growth and arguments for city revitalization that are relevant for New England's aging mill towns. Dr. Claudia Gold posts about autism on Boston.com. She analyzes how autistic children see autism versus the way parents see it. You can find links to this week's top reads at RadioFreeNewEngland.wordpress.com. Now for this week's commentary. It's possible to think of locally grown as a passing fad, something the health fanatics or the alternative culture worry about, but not realistic for the rest of us. That view is mistaken. Only in the past 70 years has agriculture been dominated by non-local sources. Technology centralizes much of 21st century life, and it did the same to food production in the 1940s and 50s. Like Amazon and Apple's global reach, food production in the 1950s sent American farm goods all over the world. Major innovations such as synthetic fertilizers and antibiotics for livestock industrialized our food supply, allowing large farmers to use science to reap bigger profits. Cheap food hit the shelves, and in some ways it was a blessing. Coming out of the Depression and World War II, Americans needed food and nutrition, and found plenty of calories waiting for them at the supermarket. Even then, small farms began hurting. The big brands and massive revenues of agribusiness overpowered them. But there is a deeper tradition than corporate food production, and it has its roots in New England. Ever since the colonial era, New England towns and villages have been peppered with small, independent farms. Sure, the South may have had large plantations and single crops, but the Northeast had mainly small, diverse farms. Fruits and vegetables grew alongside dairy production and hen houses. Many of the founding fathers even had farms. John and Abigail Adams shared responsibility for their farm in Braintree, Massachusetts. John Adams' life as a lawyer and politician apparently didn't stop him from growing some of his own. I can only guess that he cared enough about what went on his family's table and that it was worth the effort. Today it is even more vital that we stop to think about where our food comes from. When you buy local, you can see your food as it grows by visiting a farm. You don't have to worry about preservatives or the waxy film you might find at the supermarket. You can rest assured that you're doing your part for the environment as well. Keeping small farms going means less diesel used in hauling the food to the store. It means good ecology close to where we live. While many of us don't have time to grow our own anymore, we can buy some of our produce from farmers markets or shop at local dairies. Those farmers deserve our support, not just because the food is fresher, which it is, but our farmer neighbors also deserve our business because they're carrying on a piece of New England that makes us who we are. Farms are interwoven with our economy our ecology, our traditions like strawberry picking and apple cider, 
and with our landscape. A working farm is a treasure because it's good for business and because it's beautiful. New England needs farms and farms need our support. When you go shopping, look for your neighbors. Buy local. Thank you for listening. This has been Radio Free New England with Chris Merritt.